Good morning. This is the First Impressions podcast of San Diego First Church of the Nazarene. My name is Dee Kelly, and it is such a privilege to be with you. If you're unfamiliar with this podcast, we look at the lectionary readings for this week, and in particular, we pick the one that is likely to be spoken of on Sunday and simply give our first impressions of the passage. Um, our services are at 3901 Loma Land Drive in San Diego, California. If you choose to come join us at 1030 for the service or for the Sunday school classes that precede that, it would be a joy to have you. I will let you know that this week will be slightly different. We have a guest speaker this Sunday. One of our favorites, Michael Lodal, will be bringing us the homily for this coming Sunday. And I anticipate, based on what he said, that he won't be looking at the lectionary readings, but instead will be looking at a passage in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 through 8. Um, we, I love when Michael speaks, his insight into scripture, his background. Um, just give him a wonderful perspective from which to lead us. But for this particular podcast, we're going to follow the lectionary readings and continue with what we would normally do if you are following along in the Living Lectionary, a Bible reading companion guide. You'll be able to see the scripture readings that are for this week, but I'll mention them. There is one that comes out of Matthew chapter 14. We have a reading from Romans 10 verses 5 through 15. There is a psalm reading, as there typically is, Psalm 105, and then Genesis 37, uh, verses 1 through 4 and 12 through 28. This is the passage that we're going to be looking at in terms of first impressions, and maybe you can dig deep into it this weekend and see some of the things that, you, um, that capture your attention. As is typical of our podcasts, we read the scripture that we're looking at, before we dive in. And again, this is Genesis 37, and it's speaking about Joseph, one of the patriarchs of the faith. We will begin with verses 1 through 4, and then move to verses 12 through 28. It's a little bit of a lengthy reading, so hang in there with us. Chapter 37 of Genesis. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made a richly ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Now, moving down to verse 12, after a series of dreams that Joseph had, we go to verse 12. Now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, as you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. Come, I am going to send them, send you to them. Very well, he replied. So he said to him, 
Go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks and bring word back to me. So he sent him off from the valley of Hebron. When Joseph arrived at Shechem, a man found him wandering around in the fields and asked him, What are you looking for? He replied, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they are grazing their flocks? Ah, they have moved on from here, the man answered. I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into this cistern here in the desert, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the richly ornamented robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midian... Uh, Midianite merchants came by. His brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver uh, to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. This is the word of the Lord. And for that we say, thanks be to God. This is a fascinating passage and it um, just takes a portion of this incredible story, story that takes so many chapters here, describing the journey of uh, Joseph and how he makes his way, how he gets to Egypt. And he gets to Egypt by way of his brothers, instead of killing him, selling him off into slavery. Um, a horrible family dynamic here. So there is for us an opportunity to just take a look at this and check our first impressions. For me, one of the first impressions is, wow, that brothers could do that to one another. And also that the dad would be seemingly oblivious to the potential of this, that he wouldn't see the um, the downside, the problems that he was creating by expressing so much love for this one son than the others. The nature of competition, the masculine side of a life's journey that strives for approval, strives for accomplishment, strives to win. And if you've got somebody who's already got the odds stacked in his favor, 
by the way that the father dotes over him. Why wouldn't your competitive nature lead you to a place to get rid of the competition? If I had preached on this particular passage, um, my title was going to be, Here is My Dream Interpretation. And that comes from the portions that we didn't read, where in verses 5 through 11, we hear about two dreams that Joseph had. One is that he was, uh, the people were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly um, the shield of, the, the uh, sheaf of Joseph rose and stood upright while the other sheaves gathered around his and bowed down to it. And the other sheaves were his brothers and they were offended by this dream that made it seem like he was going to rule over them. And he had another dream. He had a dream that the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to him. And this was interpreted as being his mother, his father, and his 11 brothers bowing down to him. I'm not sure why Joseph was so naive to think that that wouldn't be a problem to share those with his family. It appears as if, at least at this stage in his life, he um, was terrible at catching social cues um, or missing those things that should indicate keep your mouth shut. But uh, the storyline tells us that he told these dreams to his brothers and they were infuriated. Just seemed to them like this arrogant little kid was uh, making life harder and harder for them. And so the title of my message here is my dream interpretation i feel like that then what follows is a story of the brothers who say here's what you can do with your dream throw him into a cistern plot to kill him then decide to sell him into slavery so here's what i think of your dream watch this well the end of the story is that uh, in particular ways those dreams actually come to pass as Joseph begins to rise into power into Egypt. But there is this, for me, a first impression. First impression of the spiritual journey of the brothers, spiritual journey of the parents, and the spiritual journey of Joseph. Joseph has a lot to learn. And the dreams that he has, I don't know if he was banking on them or not, but sometimes our dreams come to pass through a lot of agony and pain and difficulties. So not only was Joseph sold into slavery, but there are portions of the journey in Egypt where he was imprisoned because he was falsely accused. Well, the circumstances of how our dreams come to pass sometimes take us through pathways that are very difficult as God teaches us, molds us. And one of the first impressions for me is, oh, a whole lot had to happen to Joseph before Joseph could realize what it was that God was trying to do, not what Joseph was trying to do. God had things that needed to be taken care of. God had things that needed to be provided. God had a design. Joseph was part of it, 
but it would be very easy for Joseph to misinterpret his role in what it was that God was doing. Or the journey, first impressions of the brothers. The brothers who allow competition to rule, envy to rule, anger to rule. They allow their emotions to uh, kidnap their understanding of right and good and charitable and compassion. And there is a lot of humbling that needs to take place with them. I'm sure they thought Joseph was arrogant, but we often see in others what is true in ourselves. And I think the brothers saw in Joseph a sense of arrogance and miss, at least initially, their own arrogance. And somewhere in the course of all of this, the father learns some things and experiences grief and struggles with emotions and wrestles with God and himself. I feel like it's an invitation for me, maybe for you as well, to reflect on our own journey. What do we see in others that irritate us? How might that reflect on our own stuff? What is, there, there we, what is it that we see in our dreams that is compelling us to go forward? But in the process, we sometimes fail to realize the difficulties we have to face, the ways we have to be refined, the learning that has to occur before we can attain those dreams, even if they are dreams that God has given to us. Well, I hope you begin to think about your first impressions of this passage, that you might dig deeper into it this week. Maybe journal some of your dreams or journal some of the things you see in others that drive you nuts. Either way, may God guide you. May God's leadership take you to paths and places that provide new vistas for love and growth on your journey of faith. And may God's peace be with you till we are together again. Have a great day.